Hello everyone, it is now 5pm on this Wednesday evening in Kingston and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share with me, please contact me via email, which is news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. I hope that your week is so far a decent one. And that the rest of your week also ends up being great as well. I hope that you had a great weekend, whether you were enjoying the nice weather or celebrating Father's Day, or just staying indoors, escaping from the heat, I don't blame you. It was really, really hot, especially on Saturday. Even Monday was a scorcher of a day, I felt. Um, I had a really good weekend. I had a nice little barbecue with my family on the weekend, which was really nice. We made some margaritas for the very insane hot 30 degree weather, and then we had another barbecue on Father's Day, which was fun. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, it was just really nice to spend time with family, kick back for a little bit, enjoy the summer heat, and also cool down by <laughs> cracking open a cold one, quite honestly. Um, yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know much about me, um, besides obviously working at CFRC, um, not only for the past summer, but I started, I was also the news and arts coordinator last summer from May to August. And then I hosted Indie Wake Up Call on Fridays um, from September to December. And then I was um, working with CFRC from Jan to March um, um, with some AMS referendum work, which is really, really interesting. But um, yeah, now I'm back. Been working here for about two months now, hosting this show, which has been really, really fun. Um, it's definitely been different um, hosting it from my bedroom back in the GTA compared to being in the station, which I really miss, and I miss all the other staff members and stuff like that, and just being in Kingston and whatnot, but um, it's been good. It's been a learning experience, and I think that this whole COVID situation has been an experience, a unique one at that, for a lot of different organizations just trying to adapt to um, how to continue having a presence with the community, um, and how to keep running events and to keep people engaged with the organization. Um, besides my involvement with CFRC for the past year, I was also interning with the Kingston Canadian Film Festival, um, which for those of you who don't know, um, it is, um, basically an annual film festival that takes place over four days in Kingston. Um, it is the largest, um, film festival that features um, only Canadian film, um, which is really, really cool. And they have amazing workshops, panels, um, live music, so many special guests and stuff like that, which is really, really awesome. Um, but yeah, um, I was interning for them this past semester um, from January until March, basically until the festival happened, but if you don't know, the festival actually got cancelled because of COVID-19 on the first day, so we worked all day Thursday, that sort of thing, and then 
Thursday evening, KCFF announced that the festival is going to be cancelled due to COVID-19. Then we all came in, all of us interns, staff, and volunteers and whatnot. We came in Friday to the screening room and whatnot, tore everything down, brought it back. <laughs> but um, we don't have to hear it from me because um, I thought that it would be really cool to reconnect and um, talk to, I guess, my boss, um, Mark Garnett, who is the festival director of KCFF. Um, so we're going to give Mark a call and talk to him about how KCFF adapted um, adapted because of COVID-19 um, and the whole cancellation process and kind of how they continued to have an online presence and so forth. So let's give him a call and learn more about KCFF. Hi Mark, welcome to CFRC 101.9 FM. Um, as I mentioned earlier guys, I was interning with KCFF, so I know Mark, he was my boss. Um, so first, Mark, um, can you just talk a little bit about the whole cancellation and um, just speak really briefly to the uh, whole process and the craziness that happened um, over the KCFF weekend when COVID-19 sort of erupted in Canada? Just Yeah, it's just like, as far as March goes, like it just, I kind of feel bad. Like, I mean, I, it, it clearly was nobody's fault that that happened, but I just kind of, mm -hmm. it, it's disappointing the way, um, I mean, aside, pa pandemic aside, it was just disappointing the way um, everything unfolded as far as like us not properly getting to execute the festival with you guys that we'd worked on or like even just like little things like after the festival in previous years you know we'd always try to get together with everybody and say good job and good luck and all that stuff you know yeah. so we never really got to it just feels like uh there was never proper closure on yeah, that festival I, it was just so 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 surreal still very like how sudden it and abrupt yeah and so i mean you know we kind of i think on the Friday when after we'd done moving a bunch of stuff we kind of sat and had a beer with whoever was in the screening room office at the time I kind of forget but it was like not not the proper way to close an event and we right, certainly yeah. had no experience in 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 finishing a festival in such a way so it's all sort of new for us but yeah it was really surreal and just kind of like a, a whirlwind like I know there's we're certainly not the only ones by any stretch it's affecting everybody right now but it was mm -hmm. sort of unusual in that we had started the event and then just had to like close down yeah just shut down that first closed. day yeah yeah whereas i think a lot of the festivals now are just like they're not even entering that territory and if they are they're they're like they're able to strategize as to like how they're going to execute their events like you know mostly online now but um yeah, it was, I mean, leading up to it, like we, I think South by Southwest had canceled and a, a few f bigger international festivals. Um, but I would say a week out, we started getting a few emails from people in Toronto saying like, you know, stuff's getting a little bit sketchy here and is your festival still happening? We're like, well, yeah, like Kingston's, there's really no flags going up in Kingston. I think the only right. thing that I recall that um, had been impacted in Kingston was the, the hockey team. The Kingston Frontenacs had maybe canceled in, in, in some capacity. I, I know they were like, um, they had taken some sort of action in regards to the, uh, the, pan, the, the 
pandemic. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as far as like the Grand Theater or the Isabel or even Queens or any of the local arts organizations, there was no like um, precedent, like no precedent had been set for Kingston. There was no, no, nobody had really taken the lead on it. So we were, we had a board meeting um, like the Friday before the festival. So yeah, like five days before the festival and everybody's like, yeah, you know, of course we're going ahead with it. Kingston's yeah. okay. <laughs> and then like yeah, on because- Thursday, yeah, because KCSF okay. was canceled on the Thursday, I think mm-hmm. you guys announced. And then, yeah, like Queens that and all that kind of stuff, like did not announce anything about anything moving online. or. Mm-hmm. And then it was the Friday after the next day. Um, I remember yeah. right before going to the screening room to like help the, um, help the team tear everything down, I got mm-hmm. the email saying that Queens decided to move the rest of the semester online. And I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> Wow, yeah, it just, it all happens so fast, and, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't, in hindsight, you look back, and you're like, okay, well, yes, <clears throat> these other festivals canceled, and people in Toronto were on a heightened state of alert, and Montreal, and the big centers, and, but, so, I mean, that's all hindsight, but just, like, I mean, you were, you were in Kingston yourself, I just feel like the local, the local, local temperature hadn't risen the way it had in uh, Toronto, or, oh, for sure, or yeah. Montreal, and then, um, that Thursday was just like a a game changer. Like all the guests that were about to um, about to attend, had, they, I think they pretty much everybody canceled on that Thursday. And then we had Bedouin Soundclash coming in to play the show, and they actually arrived in Kingston. Oh. But their man- manager called them before they were going to unload their trailer of all their gear and said, "Don't open the trailer, turn around, come home." So they oh my <laughs> so gosh. Like, yeah. So it was just, and then I think like even just you know as far as um uh patrons at the festival we were st- like right away starting to get complaints like people coughing in the theater and had a f- few angry emails saying like you know if i get sick you guys are going to be held responsible how are you going to feel about so, that and we were just yeah. like not in a position to deal with any of that like we're as you know like a, a small organization and we didn't want to close down the festival just because a, a, a few people were scared but it was just like i think everything that happened what on the patron side on a special guest side um yeah it, it all just had kind of people culminated. traveling from the gta too so yeah so the the actually the um the filmmaker that was one of the filmmakers that emailed us she had just been in spain and she asked if she should attend the festival and Ooh. like we knew spain had been pretty he- heavily hit yeah, and we're like, we're like, probably not. And then she, I remember her emailing us back later saying that she actually had to go to the hospital because, oh, of, because of COVID-19. So we're like, you know, I guess when you look at it that way, it's like, it's it's great that we were able to act so quick and, and cancel and not try to sort of hack our way through the festival and get, and, and get people sick, you know, like it probably, yeah. I don't know what the impacts would have been health wise, but um, we certainly could have made it worse, and, uh, and 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 we didn't. So I mean, I think uh, as much as it hurt to shut things down, and um, you know, maybe we could have squeaked out another day of the festival. Maybe we could have gone down fighting into the Sunday, but we would have had to hire a PR team by Sunday night to justify why we were still up and running. So right, just, yeah. We we kind of had to do what we um, had to do, and. Yeah, it's now, you know, it's it's obviously in Kingston and everywhere things have things have changed since then. But yeah, it was all a little bit of a blur, especially on that Thursday. 
Mm-hmm. We just didn't know if we were, you get a little bit sleep deprived during um, the lead up to the festival and the actual festival. So I know Megan and I were like, are we thinking clearly on this? Cause this is <laughs> like a really big decision. Like we've never closed down a festival before. We're like, is it as bad as we think? So we had our board um, uh, convene like uh, on that Thursday afternoon. And we just sort of, outlined everything the way we saw it and they're like we need to close down now and um you know they were aware of other things too like i think the stock market was like crashing that day it was just like there was yep. a, just a height, heightened state of <laughs> kind of panic in society yeah. so but we just told them the way things were unraveling from the from the festival side and they're like cool as people are leaving this 3:30 movie let's notify them that the festival's canceled and then we'll send out a press release so mm-hmm. yeah it was um I hope we don't have to. <laughs> I hope we don't have to. It took 20 years to to have to cancel one. So hopefully that's we can uh, reimagine how things are going to look for 2021. And I think it's. Yeah. I, th- I think this is going to have some carryover and certainly impact um, all festivals for the next couple of years, really. But, for sure. Um, so as far as like kind of looking ahead, like Hot Docs, which is one of my favorite festivals that I try to attend every year they went all online this year and Mm -hmm. I guess I I didn't I think Megan she purchased a few online tickets and sort of experienced their their online festival but I sort of turned my nose up to a little bit I was just becoming so numb to like all the online um events and concerts and everything and I was like you know I'm just kind of I just want to step away from this I'm just kind of sick of it right now but Having said that, the director of Hot Docs said that their move to um, online um, was quite successful and something, hmm. you know, that they hope to return to an in-person event for 2021. Right. But um, they said their, like, their attendance, measuring it, I guess, um, by uh, on online um, viewers, their, their attendance was up and they think a large part of that has to do with increasing the accessibility of their festival, which mm-hmm. is, I guess is something that I never really thought of as far as like putting any screenings online to increase accessibility. It was always, you know, KCFF is an in-person event and yeah. we make it accessible for, for, for people that are, um, you know, requiring accessible venues. But I never thought of, of people that maybe didn't feel comfortable venturing out in the winter or maybe lived mm-hmm. in areas that, um, you know, we're too far from Kingston or, or, or whatever. So uh, the director of hot dogs really spun it into a positive thing that yeah. you know, as much as we would have liked an in-person event, we were really able to uh, run a, a successful event online and increase the accessibility of our event. And so I think he was insinuating that for 2021 and beyond, they'd like to run a bit of a hybrid festival, which would be a combination yeah. of both in-person and online. So that's something that really resonated with us. And I um, I mean, it's way too early for us to, to predict what um, our festival next March will look like. But um, my best guess would be that it would be some sort of hybrid event. I, I, I suspect will be, unless the second or third wave results in new closures again, I, I suspect we'll be able to enter theaters in some capacity, but mm-hmm. it'll probably be a, a reduced capacity. And um so I think we'll we'll probably want to test the waters a little bit with the online, but I think so long as we can have um, an in-person event as well, you know, we'd, we'd obviously love to to do that however we can. But 
it's uh you just kind of need to stay flexible right now really and mm-hmm. and um have contingency plans and um the ball is in, in nobody's court you know when it comes to a pandemic yeah you, uh, <laughs> you have to follow what's being what's being um told by like the health officials and and, and rules and regulations and all that stuff so yeah interesting it's definitely turning the festival landscape on its head yeah for sure um yeah but uh i just have a like a couple questions to ask you um for listeners and stuff like that if you don't mind getting into it mm-hmm. yeah um so well first if you don't mind just telling um us a little bit about yourself and also um, about your role and how long you've been in the role of festival director and what it kind of entails yeah, so um, I've been the festival director for um, since 2012, and um, we have. Uh, so I'm I'm full time with the festival, and then our other we our associate director Megan Surrett, she's been at the festival for six years now. So um, yeah, we're the two full time staff that kind of oversee everything really with uh, a lot of amazing help from contract staff and part-time staff and students and volunteers and yeah we kind of you know collectively make it all happen but um yeah i went to queens and graduated in 2002 from history and i was in film 110 i think for a day or maybe (laughs) (laughs) for a couple classes yeah and i it was just gonna be an elective for me and i was like this might be my hardest class Oh my god. So I <laughs> So yeah, I um I think I would have maybe had a class with Blaine way back then, Blaine Allen mm-hmm. or, or Clark. I I kind of don't remember who the profs were for those couple classes, but I I certainly remembered their names and yeah, so both Blaine and Clark are actually on our board of directors now for the at the film festival, but yeah, so I graduated in 2002 and my background um so I studied history, but um I had started a music company while I was at Queens and we put on concerts for bands that were touring through Kingston and couldn't find a venue or I didn't know who to contact. So we kind of became a resource for that. And, oh, um, awesome. Yeah. So that was sort of like my entry into any sort of, I guess, event organization. If that's, mm-hmm. you know, if that's considered part of my job as director with the film festival, like, you know, programming and organizing and promoting and all those things. I guess that was my first step into anything like that. And I mean, a lot of the the work that you do um, in the music world, organizing events is very similar to what you'd do for film. It's obviously there's some differences in the way right. that you'd promote it. <clears throat> the demographics are a little bit different, but a lot of the work is the same. So um, I think that sort of cap- that that sort of got me my job with the uh, film festival when I um, when I applied to work with KCFS. It was just all my experience through um, the music world. And, and then obviously I, I did that job in Kingston, so I knew the Kingston landscape fairly well and mm-hmm. the arts world here and, and venues and a lot of the key players. So um, it was, it was a re- despite it being film and not music, it was a relatively easy transition. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm still learning every year for sure. And, you know, thankfully we have very knowledgeable board of directors which includes both Blaine and Clark and Wendy from the screening room sorry and, um, about that not sure why that happened but um okay. it might have been me my my face might have hit the button on this one <laughs> no worries at all <laughs> um but yeah you can just can 
continue from where you were going. You were talking about um, the board and. Yeah. So our board of directors is like very supportive and knowledgeable of, um, of film. So I haven't had to like, um, you know, my background's a little bit more in the music world than film. So I haven't Mm -hmm. had to overnight become an expert in Canadian film. It's, um, you know, that's certainly part of the job, the programming, but we have a programming team and, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a joy to work at the festival for sure. I I really enjoy it and and um and yeah, it's unfortunate that it only happens four days a year the actual festival, but I, yeah. I think it's part of what makes it sort of special too is that it's not once a, it's not a series, it's not once once a month or um you get you get your one shot to kind of um from our side like execute the festival and then from the patron side, I think just the fact that it's a once a year opportunity for only a few days kind of makes yeah. it special from their end too so as much as we'd lo- love to and we've chatted about this like you know run a, a festival in september or run a series in the summer i think it's the fact that we sort of hold back and cram everything into those four days um is kind of what makes the festival special so yeah it's a lot of work we work year-round on it and and um yeah, I, I love my job. I think Megan loves her job. It's it's an awesome team. <laughs> yeah, it really is based on like um the people that I've met and been able to work with and stuff. Um and as opening festival director, did you um when you started working for KCFF, did you just jump into that role or did you kind of work your way to there or So my first year I was um I guess I was hired as general manager, which is a position we don't really have now I mm-hmm. maybe that would be Megan but um yeah I was hired my first year as general manager and we did have a director who um we didn't have any full-time employees back then so she actually worked full-time at Queens and um I still had my music company that I was running so we both and I actually still do that to this day but in just uh-huh. a reduced capacity yeah but um anyways in when I started I was I was part-time and we, and we did have a director who, um, who was working full-time at Queens. So we didn't have, um, very much, um, communal office, uh, space or time. It was more, more just kind of like a little bit, um, learning on the go. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I think my first year when I was general manager, I was, I feel like I was told that year that if I liked it and everything went okay, I would transition to the the director role. So mm-hmm. I had that in my um, in my sight. So I think at, as I was going through that first year, I was sort of um, anticipating a lot of a lot of the things that I would need to know for my subsequent year. So I think right. maybe even as you know, just from going through the, I know you didn't go through a full festival, but it's one of those things where you almost need to go through. Um, the actual festival or at least some of the um, in-person events for it just to kind of make sense uh, as to like what happens at a film festival. I think a lot of people, you know, they go to concerts or they go to other arts events or people even that love movies sometimes have never been to a film festival. So um, you kind of just need to experience it once, both from, I guess, a staff, um, I guess now I'm, I'm, talking about both like staff and patrons you kind of just need to like go through it once to sort of get it and I feel like that my first year when I was a general manager I was just kind of thrown into the fire and not really expected to like um, I, I I had I had a director that was making sure that things didn't go too far off the rails mm-hmm. so 
Um, yeah, I was kind of just thrown into the fire to learn and get through that one festival and then be like, ah, okay, I, I see the larger picture and how everything's supposed to be run now. And that certainly made my second year um, when I transitioned into director a lot easier. And um, I believe I became full-time when I transitioned into um, the festival director role, which certainly made it a lot easier as well. Like just being able to spend that extra time um, familiarizing myself with the festival and, mm-hmm. and uh, the one nice thing about KCFF I've always found is the more you put into it, the more it kind of seems to give back. So when we started putting more full-time staff um, into the festival, like more people were showing up. So it just, it got bigger. So it kind of, even though we were spending a little bit more on staffing and, and, um, and some other budget lines, we saw that come back in revenue. It was kind of nice. So I still don't think we've got to the point where the festival is kind of maxed out in any way. I feel like the more time and staff and good people we sort of direct at the festival, the more we get back from it. So that's the, that's the one nice thing about, um, about KCFF is I think there's, there's room for it to grow still for sure. And we have Mm -hmm. a really receptive audience. Yeah, completely. Um, And I know that um, you guys put the local shorts, I, well, I believe you put the local shorts programming and also the music videos that were supposed to be at the festival online for like an online mm-hmm. screening. And you also mm-hmm. had some other films um, for online screenings, I think. And mm-hmm. is it Antigone and mm-hmm. um, some we other did Conviction. Yeah, we did Conviction and Antigone. I think there's a couple of, and then I've, yeah, we did all the shorts programs and then the music videos as well. And yeah, and well. I just want to know what the turnout was like for that and kind of the responses. And well, I know that we were just talking earlier about the um, hot docs kind of moving online and like would KCFF consider doing more online stuff during the festival as like like you said like a hybrid sort of festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it was, it was uh, like. I guess total views was, was strong, like, especially for the music video, uh, program. Um, that was, I think the strongest of all our screenings. I think it was just cause there was so much local interest, mm-hmm. um, because you, you had like the musicians and the, the film teams and then, you know, uh, nearly everyone was local. So, you know, kind of family and friends tuning in as well, just to kind of see, see, see their, um, friends on the big screen or, or the work that they've made similar to the local shorts. Um, but yeah, no, we, and then as far as like Antigone and Conviction goes, I would say views were a little bit lower on those, but I believe Antigone was already on Crave by the time <laughs> we did that screening. So it, it it had been out there a little bit more. And I think Conviction maybe had got a play on CBC as well. So um, the nice thing about the music videos is it was like, they were all making kind of world premieres i guess i think there's one or two videos that had maybe leaked their way onto youtube but um but it was we sort of build it as like the world premiere of all these music videos so yeah there's there's definitely some extra buzz and excitement for for those but yeah the, the the feedback was was strong but i mean i still sense that people miss the in-person component to it for sure um it's one of those things that's sort of hard to gauge like we're actually um I think earlier this week we sent out our first survey to our to our patrons just to kind of get a gauge as to like how they're responding to things right now. When mm-hmm. will they feel comfortable returning to events? Um, you know, are are they viewing anything online? Just to sort of um, 
I don't know, get it, assess what our, our demographic is sort of feeling right now that we're right. a few months removed from, from the start of the pandemic. So yeah, we're, we're still, <laughs> I don't know, we're still sort of adjusting and learning and, and staying flexible and, and don't have any, I guess, real strong opinions on anything yet. Fortunately for KCFF, we're going to get to see some like heavy hitter festivals um, have to go through this, I think, um, uh, before us. And they will, in some ways, sort of set the tone, I think, for what's going to happen over the next year. Obviously, the big one is TIFF. Like, TIFF is, I think, yeah. uh, t- still to this point, saying they hope to have an in-person event. I don't know if they've changed their tune on that. But yeah. I know Yeah, I last I checked, weeks, they, they're still optimistic that it's going to happen in September, yeah. Yeah, so, so TIFF is, is massive. So whatever... Um, TIFF does, I would say the majority of the other fall festivals like um, Cinefest up in Sudbury, which is a great festival in Windsor and um, and um, the RIDM in in Montreal and the Festival de Nouveau in Montreal like a lot of them I think are going to be looking to see Mm. what TIFF does and I don't think they're going to necessarily just follow their their lead but it's just like TIFF sets, sets such a huge precedent it's hard to like yeah if, if TIFF says, no, it's not safe for people to gather in theaters for a festival down the road to say, oh, yes, it is safe. You know, it's kind of, that's a, that's a, a TIFF, TIFF is going to be equipped with everything they need to know, I think, to make a a, a, a rational decision. So I think it would, it would be very unusual for any other film festival in the fall to um, sort of break break the precedent that'll be set by TIFF. We're right. a little bit later. We fall in March, so you know there are those few extra months in between. So I'd say whatever TIFF does doesn't necessarily mean what KCFF has to do, but they'll certainly, um, um, you know, we'll be looking to see what they do in the fall as far as just their festival experience. Is it in person? Is it online? Um, and then just like even kind of software and infrastructure that they set up. Like we, if you were to say to us, we had to run our festival in a couple months online, I'd be like, okay, what well, I mean? We could get busy and probably put something together, but we still don't know how we would actually do that. Like, right. um, is it, is it going to be like our, our festival is going to use Vimeo or like what, what's the software even out there that people are going to mm-hmm. use? Um, uh, I've seen some like good Q and A's that have happened over Zoom. I don't know if that's going to be incorporated in, into anything TIFF does or some of these other festivals. So I have a feeling a lot of um, a lot of places are kind of like scrambling even to get this infrastructure in place. Um, right. Yeah. So so fortunately for us, we'll get to see a lot of other festivals and some really big ones like TIFF go through all this before we have to make any hard decisions on anything. Mm-hmm. So we're we're just kind of trying to be malleable and just soak up all the information we can right now and mm-hmm. and we'll uh i think we've kind of said going into the christmas break we'd like to have an idea as to how we're going to present the festival but um yeah we're just kind of learning like everybody else right now yeah but that's really great that the festival for kcff is later on because you would have time and kind of be able to learn from other festivals to like kind of see what they're doing use what platforms they may be using that sort of thing yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's I I like I said earlier, my sense is right now if you were to force me to guess, I would say it would probably be some sort of hybrid festival. I I really do think theaters will um 
have be open in some capacity it'll maybe still be reduced but even if it's not even even if it's still at 100 percent capacity i just don't know how comfortable people are going to be right because yeah sitting like we sell out most of our screenings so do we actually want to do that so you're arm in arm with somebody and um you know when you normally hear somebody cough in the theater you don't in previous years you don't really think a whole lot about that but now Mm -hmm. you know uh, a a year after the pandemic and you know maybe a second wave or third wave people are going to be maybe just a little more paranoid about that sort of thing so I just don't even know, even if we are allowed to run the festival um, as as a hundred percent capacity in person, I I just I don't think it's gonna. I think it'll feel too soon to cram people into venues. Right. But, yeah. But. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of working on um, contingency plans, and one of, one of which is to even bump the festival back. So we're not ruling anything out. We'd really like to have a festival in March, but we've. You know, we thought that um, if we had to, we could bump it back to May or we could maybe bump it back to the summer, which would be weird for us. But um, so there's, there's, there's that as well. You know, we can always move the festival back. But I, I think if we are able to meet in person, we'd probably look towards that hybrid festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I saw that um, on the website that um, – it was posted that people um, in the community were supporting KCSS um, by like donating the money from their refunded tickets um, mm-hmm. to the organization and the festival. So can you just like speak to the community support on that? Yeah. So we were we were offering anybody who wanted to um, to forego a refund, I guess, to donate their ticket money to the the festival and we're a registered charity. So if um, people wanted to do that for income tax purposes and get a receipt. We gave them that option. And we also gave people the option just to um, just leave the the box office money with us. And we said no action required if you, if you want to donate and not, um, and not get a receipt, but if you want a receipt, let us know, or if you want a refund, let us know too. So yeah, we had a window of time where we gave, um, gave people, you know, basically every option that we could think of. We even said, you know, we can get a partial refund if you want and partial donation. So we we tried to make it as user-friendly as possible and as many options as possible. It was a bit of a, the job was a beast actually, <laughs> but we thought some people might want to do that. You know, some uh, like our, our tickets are, are relatively inexpensive. And I think we did have an outpouring of support from the community afterwards just saying like how how upset and disappointed they were that the festival didn't happen. It means so much to them. It's the one event, you know, per year that they like to attend. So, you know, we, we figured a lot of people would want to donate. And um, I think about a third of the box office that was eligible for uh refund, people um, people opted to do- donate that. So, yeah, about, about a third of the box office was actually just donated back, which was great. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think it was, that was awesome it's going to yeah. enable us to do it again yeah and then same with our sponsors too it's not just, it wasn't just um it was just the patrons buying tickets but our, our sponsors too you know we didn't know what the feedback was going to be there but um our sponsors you know acknowledged the fact that they were promoted in advance of the festival and that you know it was a really extenuating circumstance and they all they all stayed on board and nobody demanded a refund or asked for for, for for anything. I think they were 
all behind us. So the fact that the sponsors and our patrons and then even um, a lot of the grants that we get, like the public funding, um, they've said to us, you know, for, for programs that you weren't able to deliver, um, you can shuffle that into into a, a program that you were able to do or so yeah everybody just seemed like really generous and flexible so mm-hmm. really obviously thing, as, as we were canceling we were just like oh no oh my god are we gonna have to refund everybody like from sponsors to grants to patrons like is the festival gonna go bankrupt are we gonna lose our jobs are we gonna be able to like even <laughs> it was definitely like panic sort of set in for a little bit because we just didn't right. know how everybody else was going to react so Worst case scenario, yeah, it would have been horrible, but uh, it it wasn't worst case scenario. Like uh, the community was was awesome, and so um, we're we'll get to try again next year, and we're confident we can run a good festival, however that might look. And and so yeah, would have would have been a shame to go twenty years and not and not go any further because of a pandemic. But yeah, it's yeah. like you know, I think like everybody, we, we took a little bit of a hit. But it's um, we'll we'll rebound, and I think we feel pretty positive about next year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, KCFS twenty one is up and running. (laughs) Yeah, I think people are going to be extra excited about it too. Like it's kind of like they've had to sit out two years. Yeah, waiting two years for it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a long time to um (laughs) to not. It's a long time to work on an event too. It's that's another kind of surreal thing of the of the whole cancellation it's we we do work year round on it and then to like not see it unfold is just sort of um it's definitely a bit of a mental blow for sure because we mm-hmm. were just just work on you know on on trying to make everything perfect for those four days and then just when, when it uh you don't even really get to execute any of it and you have to wait a whole other year to do it again it's just it's it's kind of surreal Mm-hmm. For sure, definitely not what was expected once he started working on the 20th um, festival, but... Yeah, and then even for the movies, too, like, just as far as, like, as far as the programming goes, like, I'm I'm hopeful we'll get to maybe in, maybe in the fall, like, even do, like, a, a KCFF day where we can screen some of our favorites that haven't, um, that haven't played anywhere, like... Crave's actually been pretty good to play a lot of Canadian films and mm. sometimes they make their way to Netflix and then CBC and then some other channels as well. So if you look, if you look hard, you can probably find about half the lineup out there now, but then, you know, the other half still um, hasn't been seen by anyone locally. So uh, it would be nice to show a few more of them because uh, as you know, like Canadian film doesn't always take the spotlight so a lot of these films may may not get eyes on them um, right if we're, if we're not able to show them so that was the other thing we we're kind of thinking about we had like this great program and some of these films may not get the chance to screen in kingston so yeah when when things start returning to the theaters maybe we'll get to show some of them this fall before we um start digging into the programming for next year yeah hopefully that would be mm-hmm. nice for sure Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we end off? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Like I haven't even really chatted about the fest other than with Megan. I haven't like chatted a whole lot about the festival and just like our our board hasn't been able to meet in person or anything like that. So it's, yeah, it's been nice to just 
chat about it with you. But yeah, no, it's I, I don't think there's anything else I necessarily want to say. But if there's anything else that you need from me, feel definitely feel free to send me an email, or I'm happy to jump back on the phone again. But yeah, yeah it's, just, it's sure. all it's all just sort of I don't know. I guess like the one thing I'd take away, it's all just like really new to us, and we're not. Um, I think we feel fortunate in that we're going to get to see what other film festivals, how they react in the next next few months, and we'll get to learn from them. So even though I think we felt like we were a little bit on the spot when we had to cancel and kind of almost felt like we were sort of setting the the precedent for Kingston, it was, right. which was a really awkward spot to be in, I feel like this go around, we'll get to kind of see what everybody else does. So it's definitely a bit more comforting um, to, to, to get to watch TIFF and, and, and 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 knowing that hot docs was actually received well by their by their audience so it's um you know i th- i think the next festival is going to look different but i think it's going to be I, I still think it's going to be really good so it's um or just sort of taking it day by day like everybody else mhm yeah. awesome um well that's it for me on my end thank you so much for um talking to me about this it was really interesting yeah, to hear sure. more about it especially because obviously once like after tearing down everything the screening room and just kind of completing I guess the internship and stuff and just like went straight back to the GTA and it was really it's it's nice to hear how KCFF kind of pulled through and was able to still you know showcase some of like you said like the local shorts programs and the music videos and that sort of thing that it wasn't a complete end and there was still some yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, and this is as far as like um, our staff goes. Like I, I, I've seen Allison Cartan walking around. I've seen like I think there's still some of the students in town. Megan and I have seen each other like once um, <laughs> since the since the festival. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, good luck with your move, and hopefully see you soon. Yes, for sure. Thanks so much again, Mark. Have a good rest yeah. of your day. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Oh, that was so great catching up with Mark. After all this time and whatnot, it was great hearing and learning more about um, KCFF and how they still kept a um, kept an online presence with their um, audience and just the, um, the fact that people were able to come together and still enjoy the festival in whatever way that KCFF was able to make it happen. In more good news... Um, It was announced yesterday on a Zoom video conference um, that Queen's University has received a gift from Bader Philanthropies um, valued at $54 million Canadian um, in order to revitalize and expand the Agnes Etherington Arts Centre and to create a new home for the Bader Collection, which is so, so incredibly generous of Bader Philanthropies and the Bader family. Um, This is the single largest cash gift to the university in its history, which is phenomenal. Um, And this cash gift, um, 40 million US dollars, 54 million Canadian, um, is going to be used to transform the Agnes Center, um, which is the largest art university, university art museum in Canada. And hopefully this expansion will bring people, more people from across the province, country, and even the world to come and relish in the gallery. 
this wasn't the only donation however made um there's still more to go um three million um us dollars um, was donated by dr isabel bader um, in order to help students and researchers in imaging science um, one million was donated by the Jaroslawski Foundation, in which several, um, in which this money will be used in order to ensure that several pieces um, of technology exist in order to examine art at a molecular level and to see how art deteriorates. So that way, um, these people can develop conservation techniques, which is awesome. Um, and there is equipment for this that is used at the Metropolitan. Um, Museum of the Arts, um, the Getty Conservation Institute in LA, which is really, really awesome. Um, and in fact, they are naming um, the Performance Hall in honor of Jennifer um, to thank her for this uh, amazing contribution. The, um, re the revitalization of the Agnes Etherington Center is expected to be completed in 2024. The Agnes was last expanded in 2000 um, from, with assistance from the Bader family. So it is amazing that um, the Bader family is being so generous and doing this um, for its students, its researchers, its staff, for the school, um, which is really, really awesome. In other news, as you may know, um, the Bell Park camps, as well as um, the barns at Memorial Center were used by homeless people as a form of shelter um, over the past um, little while, really. And yesterday at a special city council meeting, um, they provided some updates and talked about more, talked more about um, the homeless encampment parks um, that are being used in public city spaces. Um, some recommendations are made that council um, uses artillery park as a temporary um, encampment until the end of September 2020 this year um, for also a cooling and drop-in center um, and to also deliver wraparound services which are, include but are not limited to consumption and treatment services in partnership with Kingston Community Health Centers, Street Health, HIV AIDS Regional Services, Home-Based Housing, Addiction and Mental Health Services, and United Way. Um, and that council also endorsed options such as permanent housing, um, camping at a formal campground and or storage to meet various needs of campers. And that also council approves up to a 300, up to $300,000 to be funded um, we're eligible from the Provincial Social Services Relief Fund or and and or the Community Homelessness Prevention Initiative um, to in order to support um, the homeless people and and vulnerable populations. The city has already taken um, several measures um, in order to support those who are experiencing homelessness during the pandemic by providing new temporary locations for two shelters that increased capacity by about 25%, which also ensures proper physical distancing, um, providing families with suites in motels and hotels, providing transportation to housing options that are safe and sustainable, working with community partners to provide camping provisions, counseling, and also installing portable toilets and hand washing stations at several locations, including Bell Park, which is great. Um, hopefully the city continues to um, 
provide more support um, and resources for those who are in need of it during this difficult time. That's really it on my end. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you're looking for some fun stuff to do, um, the cello competitions, day two of the cello competition semifinals are happening tomorrow. If you didn't get a chance to watch um, day one today, um, you can tune in tomorrow um, from 12 to 4.30 p.m. Um, the It will all be broadcasted on cbc.ca, so just visit cbc.ca backslash music um, to watch the Bader and Overton Canadian Cello Competition, um, which is super cool. If you're looking for some other events to check out, um, we are hosting a trivia night um, with the Grad Club, as we always do on Thursday nights. Um, so you can create a group chat with some people, play together just from home, which is really awesome. Um, and each round, you can email it to shortwave at cfrc.ca. Um, so just tune in, go to our website, cfrc.ca backslash listen, um, and you can play trivia with us in the grad club, which is awesome. So I highly recommend doing that. Always a fun time. Um, but yeah, that concludes the end of today's episode today in YGK. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Whether you're right here in Kingston or listening from elsewhere, I also hope that you have a fun and sunny-filled weekend. Don't forget, next Wednesday, public holiday, July 1st, Canada Day. Hopefully you get to enjoy that day off. If there's any local news to share, please be sure to send myself, Alexandra, an email at news at cfrc.ca. I hope you have a great rest of your day. This has been Today in YGK, airing every Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM this summer. Also available on www.cfrc.ca and the TuneIn Radio app. Have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday, everyone, and take care. I'm going to play these next two songs. First, we got Red Eyes by The War on Drugs, and then we got I Want to Be Your Man by Yukon Blonde.
for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. <laughs>